learn what it is that the Lord is doing with us in this particular session. So Hebrews chapter 2. I want to make a note. Go ahead, Floyd. Okay, wise man rebuked, yes. And then there's me. <laughs> so I want to make a, uh, make a mention before we dive into this over here, what was on my heart um, and is on my heart relative to these recordings. These recordings are over here are really not intended to be a full teaching on the chapter. Last week, you know, I covered like three verses, and then afterwards we got in together and we discussed the rest of the chapter over there. My hope is, and my belief of the Lord having me record these, these messages, is for us to have a remembrance of what was said, what was talked about. Because again, we talked last week about journaling and keeping, uh, uh, keeping a good record of what the Lord is speaking to us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it's only a springboard. And then after that, we'll have our own open discussion over here, which is not being recorded. Uh, because if we go back and we listen to the recording, just as we're saying it right now, the Lord is starting to speak to us as we read his word and as one, one another starts to share. That's going to be different every time we open the word. So what I'm saying is, I encourage you, if you go back to listen to this, read the chapter over again. This is not intended to be a full study of what I'm sharing. It's just an exhortation to get the kind of prime the pump or to be a, uh, you know, the diving board as we go on off into the deep end over here. But it's the conversation that we have together that really brings the fullness. And remember what Pastor Mark has said, if I've heard him say it once, it's probably a dozen times, is we have to read the word, we have to study the word, and we have to meditate on the word. This group that we're doing here, the study on the book of Hebrews, we can't possibly accomplish everything in two hours that the Lord has spoken in this chapter. Go back, reread the chapter, invite the Holy Spirit to begin to even speak deeper and, and, and uh, more things to us than what he's speaking during this meeting. Does that make sense? Is that okay? Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that I want to share with you all today is that I really struggled with Hebrews chapter 2, because it was one of those kind of download things. And what I really want to be mindful of is that it's the mining that we each do in the Word of God that brings the depth. And I have three scriptures I want to share with you. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the, uh, unto the Lord, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. So we really need to dive into the Word and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I can tell you all day long things that I've gotten as a revelation, but unless the Lord shares that spiritual insight with you that He shared with me, then it's going to be nothing to you. So mine the Word of God, okay? Proverbs 25.2, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. Somewhere in Scripture it says that we're kings and priests, right? Okay. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search the matter out. And we are kings and priests in this new covenant. So it should be our glory to search it out. And that's why I'm not sharing the whole chapter, because it's God has put it on us. Remember where he, where he said, there will come a day, and this was in the Old Testament, there will come a day that you will no longer need man to teach you anything. 
but the Holy Spirit himself will come in and teach us. So what we do here is a springboard for the Holy Spirit to continue to speak to us. One other verse, Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. I believe in a group setting like this that we are seeking the Lord. John prayed that the Holy Spirit would be present. And, and his word is true. He says, anytime two or more gather together in his name, there in the midst am I. Jesus is here right now. The Holy Spirit is pleased that his kids have gathered together to discuss his word and the deeper things. Nevertheless, we all need our own private study time. We need it. Because what the Holy Spirit may speak here corporately may not be the same thing that he speaks to us individually. So use this time. Although I'm going to share an exhortation, use the time. If you go back to listen to the recording, fantastic. But even if you don't, go back into the Word. We have one chapter all week to meditate on, to seek the Lord on. So do that. So again, although I'm recording this message, I implore you to read, meditate, and study it again on your own. And I also want to mention this, because I see a bunch of folks over here. I think everybody here is pretty tech-savvy, Yes. Is everybody pretty tech savvy? I got Lynn shaking her head. We'll pray for Lynn on the way out here. <laughs> if you remember pastors of old and you look in their offices, they would have bookcases with the Strong's Concordance and the Greek and the Hebrew lexicons and all the study materials and the book of Paul, and the, book, the, the epistles of Paul and blah, blah, blah. And their libraries would be absolutely filled with resource material that maybe they acquired during their, their education, through their training, and after that, because we're all should be lifelong learners. But we have all that information right here in our hands. Praise the Lord for what we have. So in the study time that you have with the Lord, please, 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 Look up websites like Bible Hub. Bible Hub is a, a huge resource. BibleHub.com has all the lexicons. I use that for my online. I have a strong concordance that's sitting on the dust, uh, the, the dusty on my bookshelf because I used to refer to it. I don't know if I can navigate it anymore. I don't even know if I remember how to do it because now I can pull up a chapter, Strong's plus King, you know, King James plus Strong's. And as I scroll over, it'll highlight words or phrases. And there will be the full depth of it. Utilize your time. If it's 10 minutes a day or an hour a day or two hours a day, whatever time you have with the Lord, use that time and study. BibleHub.com, Bible Gateway, another excellent resources, all kinds of great information on these sites. And those are just two of probably tens of thousands that are out there that will be helpful. So please do not treat the reading of the Word as a common thing. I'm going to let it rest with that. When we go into his word, it is not a common thing. Take time with him. Meditate on what he's saying. Dig. Study. Hebrews chapter 2. How about that for an introduction, huh? Mm -hmm. Eh? Please take the time. Do not use, well, I did my, you know, my two-hour Bible study this week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm good. If there's anything you hear in here, let that stir you to go in and go deeper in the Lord. Okay? Chapter 2, verse 1 starts with the word, therefore. <clears throat> I love it whenever the word, therefore, shows up at the beginning of a chapter. 
but if we miss it, then we're going to miss the whole purpose of what he's writing. See, this is a continuation of the thoughts from chapter 1. We know in our discussion of chapter 1 that he starts off by saying, I want you guys to remember. Let me take you back. Remember I said that last week? Let me take you back. I want you to remember. Because remember, the Hebrews, the people that he's speaking to, his audience in writing this letter, are people that have been beat up. They've been... Uh, ostracized from the community, have been laughed at, ridiculed, or they've hung with people that have been. Hebrews chapter 10, I think it's verse 38, mentions what they've been through. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, come on, I, I want you to refocus now. I know that you've been through a hard time, so focus and remember. So that's the first thing we talked about. And then we talked about how Jesus is better than the angels. And chapter went through it at length. And we talked about at length about the angels and our impression of them and our, 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 our feelings about angels and their interactions in our life, so on and so forth. So with that, I'm sorry. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> So, with chapter 2, starting off with the word, therefore, he's saying, so for this reason, for this reason, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. I want to say that the Hebrews that he was writing to had not drifted away. They may be drifting just like we are if we have a really difficult day and our mind focuses on things of the wor world, the cares of the world. I want to share with you real quick. I, I give you guys homework if anybody just decided to do it. Out of Mark 4, going back and rereading about the parable of the sower, the seed, you know, the soil, however you want to look at it. And there was a reason that I wanted to direct you to that. Because I believe the whole book of Hebrews is a remembrance. It's an opportunity for us to come back and remember. And, and my wife said something last Wednesday morning. She goes, hey, we have to go down to one of the big box stores and we have to pick up some dirt. I love it when she says this. Years ago, she told me we had to go down to the big box store to pick up dirt. And I thought, what the heck is wrong with this lady? She's cute, but there's dirt right outside. What do we have to go and buy dirt? And that, my friend, is... Just one example of my limited understanding of what, <laughs> the way my, my, my wife's mind works. You see, soil gets depleted after time. If Those of you that have been over to my, my house, over to our house, you'll see the beautiful flowers that my wife has, the orchids that, you know, that are huge, and the, the Christmas, what is it, the Christmas cactus? The Christmas cactus was going to be thrown away. When, when we came out here to Colorado, it actually belonged to her sister. And she's like, okay, this thing is dead. Just go ahead and just chuck it. My wife is not one to chuck. She doesn't throw away living things, no matter how they appear. Because my wife has, she has an understanding. I know, I'm, I'm blessed. <laughs> she has an understanding that I didn't understand. When a flower looks sick, or when a plant is not being fruitful, Check the soil. Look at the soil. I didn't know that's just dirt. This goes back to the foundation thing. This goes back to the foundation. <laughs> Check the soil. How critically important it is because there's life in the soil. 
right? You can go through. My daughter did this. She goes, I, I can't handle this. What was it? An African violet. I've killed it. I've killed it. And my wife's like, you've overwatered it. You know, if, if all you, if the only tool you have is a hammer, the expression says, then everything is a nail. If the only thing you know to do with your soil is water it, then you'll water it and you will kill the plant in the process. When we go to Mark chapter 4, I want to specifically, can we, can we turn back to that? When you go to Mark chapter 4, I want to go down to verse 18 and I believe verse 19. Because I think that of all the different soils that are mentioned, the hard pack soil or, or, or the, the soil on the wayside, right? Or you have the rocky soil, you have the thorny soil, and you have good soil. Verse 18 and 19 says, These are the ones sown among the thorns. So we're talking about the thorny soil. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Thorny soil does not make a plant die. It makes it unfruitful. Now I want to come back to Hebrews. When you're walking your walk through on a daily basis, do you feel fruitful? Do what, can others see and pick the fruit of your life? If not, check yourself. Are there cares of the world that have, that have climbed into your day? Is there a focus on maybe kids or money or career or other things that have taken a priority? What are the cares of the world that are choking you out? I, I'm going to look at the guys for a second because we're a little bit different than the women in the room. If you go in to pick that rose for your wife and you get hit by a thorn, do we cry for a couple of days? Because that's what we do as guys. Ah, we shy away from the thorns. My wife grabs a glove, she puts it on, and she goes in. Okay, She's not worried about the thorns, the thorn, thorns are. But as guys, we're like, oh, we shy away from the thorns. The thorns are scary. Okay, So if it's got thorns, we would rather just back off it altogether. But what the Lord is saying, just pluck those thorns right out of there. Get those thorn bushes out of the way. Pull, pull up. Check your soil. What's causing those thorns to, to, to be raised? And what he's saying in verse 1 here is we must give the more earnest heed or we must pay much more attention to the things that we've heard lest we drift away, lest we become unfruitful. And once we become unfruitful, think about what that means. Uh, my life is insignificant. I'm not bearing any fruit. I'm not like this guy or that lady. Right? We, we see ourselves as a lesser. Remember Song of Solomon's, though. He's never once seen us as anything lesser. If you have a problem where you're down, distracted, discouraged, check your soil. Are there thorns in there? Are there cares of the world that shouldn't be there? And if so, why? It's because we haven't given heed to the things that we've heard. We must focus on the things that we've heard. 
Okay? We know that Jesus is better than an angel. We talked about that. But chapter 2 begins out once again with the need for us to hear what was heard. The recipients of the letter were not lost. Just like you when you're down and discouraged and you feel like you're all alone, you're not lost. But you may be drifting away. The cares of the world have entered in. Every time I go out into the break room, I got this guy that he's cussing, that he's saying these things, he's acting this particular way. Or I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but if you did, I heard on the radio there's some guy jumped out onto the full uh, onto the field and he was like streaking down the field over there. I didn't watch it. I didn't see it. I didn't see. It. I didn't see. It. But if if you turn on the news and you're discouraged because you hear another 300 executive orders have been signed today or whatever, whatever it is that discourages you. Those are thorns, guys. Don't forget what we heard. Come back to what we heard, okay? Verses 2 and 3. I'm sorry? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. We'll all are, right? Verses 2 and 3 reveal that since Jesus is better than the angels, which was established in chapter 1, the message that he brought, which is for as we've been saved, uh, by grace we've been saved through faith, right? That is the message of Jesus Christ. He did not make the law go away. He fulfilled the law. And he said, a new covenant I bring to you, one of grace. So if the angels who brought the law, okay, and, and the Hebrews, or we, if we all understood, was the Ten Commandments, then how much more, if Jesus was better than the angels, how much better is his message than their message? But why do we forget it? Go ahead. Question. On that, I, I, I'm kind of puzzled with that verse, because when I, when I see brought forth the law, mm-hmm. I hear God speaking to Moses, you know, like when he gave the Ten Commandments. Sure. Where did the angels come in to play there? That is a good question. Can we circle back to it? Sure. We'll, we'll circle back to that when, when we have the open discussion, because it's a great question. Don't forget it. Write it down, okay? Um, if, if Jesus is better, then his message is better. That's basically what we're seeing in verse 2 and 3, right? Um, the, the, in verse 3, it says the message first came through Jesus. Because nobody ever said these things before. They were absolutely not. Even the disciples. After he said, you got to eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. If you don't do that, then you can't have any part of me. And everybody's like, this man's crazy. This is a crazy guy right over here. Right? But then he turns to his disciples. He says, are you going to leave too? Peter's response is classic. It's our response. Where can I go? And was confirmed by those who had heard the remembrance of him. Verse 4, God is still confirming his word today in signs, wonders, and miracles. I want to make sure that if we don't believe it, we at least hear it and let it stew inside of us. God is still performing miracles, signs, and wonders today. Okay? And the witness is not just a person that is being healed. My wife had a couple of, what was it, a week or two ago, she had uh, a lady that came to her class that had never been there before, 
that as my wife was talking to her after the class, she was suffering with fibromyalgia. And she's like, can I pray for you? I had a friend. She shared a testimony, a friend of ours that was healed with fibromyalgia. And the lady just broke down and she was like, I knew today was the day that I was going to get my healing. She came in, her soil was all ready to be healed. And all Rim did was just enter in the way with what the Lord was already doing. This lady already had a word. She'd never met my wife before, never been to the Zumba class before. But the soil was prepared, and it was ready to bear fruit. All, we had, all she had to do was step into it. I say that to say God is still driving out demons today. He's still, you know, you go to, to Matthew uh, 10, he says, you know, we're supposed to drive out demons, right? We're supposed to raise the dead. We're supposed to cleanse the lepers. These are things we're supposed to heal. Not pray, you know, Bill Johnson says, it doesn't say in there that we're supposed to pray for these things. It says we're supposed to do them. Okay, so... Well, I'm sorry? Yeah, speaking with authority, because it's already ours to do. But what he's saying is, I want you to remember Jesus came. He was higher than the angels. His message was one of you know being saved by grace through faith. And he even confirmed those words time and time again. Okay, I want to share a couple more verses with you, and then we're going to open up the discussion. Okay, John 10, verses 37 and 38. If I do not do the works of my Father, don't believe me. This is Jesus speaking. If I do not do the works of my Father, don't believe me. But if I do, though you don't believe me, believe the works. And again in John 14, verses 10 through 12. Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Here's the kicker, guys. Most assuredly, I say to you, and this is verse 12, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do. Okay? There is an expectation from the Holy Spirit on our lives that we do the works and greater works than what Jesus did himself. So verse 4 is saying there's a witness from God on his word. He's still confirming the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Remember. Remember. That's what he's doing. The writer's reminding the audience to remember the words of Jesus or of those witnesses of Jesus. I want to say this, just kind of a thought. Is there anybody here that just woke up one day and said, I want to be a Christian today? This is kind of an important thing for us to grasp. I haven't met anybody that's done that. I've heard a story of people who had never had the gospel preached to them, came into a, a, a loving, saved relationship with Jesus Christ. It's rare, though. For most of us, we had to what? Somebody had to say something to us, right? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That person can be you. Somebody else may not have heard Jesus himself or herself, but they heard you. And they heard your life, the way your life preached to them, not the words that you spoke. The, the way that we carry ourselves in public and in private is seen continually by God. And he can use those that are willing to be used by him 
to save others. Our job is not to save people. Our, our job is to disciple people. Nevertheless, God uses us to share the word. Mm-hmm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How can anybody believe if they haven't heard? And how can anybody hear if nobody was sent? I got a word for you. It's from Jesus. I'm sending you in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in the grocery store, driving down the road. I'm sending you. You can be used by him today, okay? And all along, I I think that if I pause right now and I give you an opportunity to hear, you can hear the words of the person that led you to Christ. Or the person that acted in such a way that you're like, I, I had a guy, I've shared this story before with, with a previous small group. This guy over here, I did not like him. I knew he was a Christian. I had nothing, I had no good words to say to this guy or about this guy because he was one of those do good Christians. It was his life. He was one of the first people that I remembered when I saved and I tried to reach him and it took me years to get in touch with him to let him know what impact his life had on me. I never got a response, but I didn't need one. I just wanted him to know that his witness made a difference to me. We don't always have that opportunity to reach out to that person that that witness made a difference to us. So be that witness to somebody else, even if they never thank you for it, even if they never say anything to it. Let your life be one that people can remember. I remember Lynn. I remember her. She wasn't really good with technology, but that gal, (laughs) she had a life. (laughs) She had a life. She had a walk that made me say something's different about her. And it wasn't, oh, control, alt, delete. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Verses 5 through the end of the chapter. Lots of doctrine in here. I'm not going to go over it. We're going to go over it, okay? But I have some questions. I'm going to ask you this, and I want to do this on recording, so if you go back and listen to it, if we didn't cover something, maybe the Lord is prompting you to go go back and, and, and look into it yourself, okay? We're going to discuss this openly amongst us. Verse 5. I want to read. I'm, all I'm going to do is going to read it, and I'm going to ask you some questions. It is to prime the pump to get our conversation going, Okay? Verse 5 says, For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. Here's some questions for you to think upon. What world is he referring to? What does that say about our thinking? What are we focused on? How does this differ from what the early church thought? Remember, this is the writer of the Hebrews, and he was writing to his audience, and he says, For he, speaking of Christ, has not put the world to come, of which we speak, in subjection to angels. Verse 7 says, You have made him a little lower than the angels. I want to I say that through my studies, the way that it's written it may not be accurate to what was the true intent of the word. And I went back there, and some study Bibles will say this and some won't, but I did a, a study because I was confused. He made him, speaking of man, who is man that you are thoughtful of, and for you made him a little lower than the angels. In actuality, that verse should read or could read, you have made him for a little while lower than the angels. <coughs> So where is he now? Has his position changed? 
Does this knowledge change our understanding of our own position and positioning? And how does this change how we approach non-believers, if at all? He has made him, for a little while, lower than the angels. Verse 8 says, for, the, he put all that, put, for in that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. Questions. Why don't we see all things put under him? Do we have a role to play in this? Again, guys, these are questions to prompt our conversation this afternoon. And when we're studying throughout the week, let the Lord answer these questions for you. Verse 9 through 18 discusses why, why he was made a little lower than the angels for this season. What verse or verses jump out at you? Have you ever felt frustrated when trying to communicate with someone or something, and that could be a dog, a bird, or you know, if you see a horse that's in trouble, and have you ever tried to communicate with it, and you don't speak the same language? How did you manage it? Have you ever heard someone try to comfort you in something when you know they've never been through what you've gone through? How did that feel? How did you react? So again, before I turn off the recording, remember, if you go back and listen to this, read the chapter again first. Journal like crazy, guys. This chapter is chock full of stuff for us that when we're down and discouraged, we need to remember. We need to remember who the Lord is to us and for us, okay? So with that, let's jump right into discussion. Let me turn off the recording.